0: Hey guys, Diane Canada here. Y'all, I'm a little fired up today. Today we're going to be talking about a spade is a spade. Let's just call it what it is. All right, I'll be right back. Now's the time for Hey, everybody. Diane Canada here. All right. Y'all, today we're going to be talking about, we're just going to tell it like it is today. I looked up this, uh, you know, we hear this, this, uh, you know, little saying in our culture all the time, a spade is a spade or call a spade a spade. And I looked up like, where did that come from? What does that mean? It's a descendant of kind of some Greek influence. But basically it's talking about how we're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, <laughs> we're not going to embellish it, we're not going to candy coat it. We're just going to tell things like it like they are. And I always want to preface this by saying that we've got to be mindful Obviously, maintaining our self control, we can't just blurt out everything that we feel. Um, We've got to take things into consideration. That's God says we've got to bridle our tongue, and so we do. But I'm really fired up today because I'm seeing so much happening in our culture right now that is such a distraction from like the bigger picture. Like, our country has never been more vulnerable to socialism or Marxism as it is right now. And we've got people, everyday people, willing to stand up and serve and go in there and fight to defend our freedoms, to go in there and fight to defend all of our, all of our constitutional rights. And we've got people out there, even within our own party, that are sabotaging those efforts. And I have had it. I've just had it with this. My husband calls them the suicide conservatives or the suicide Republicans. It's the ones that, are, that, that find virtue, find some kind of, um, how can I put it? They just find some kind of joy in being the ones to rat somebody else out or to show how more righteous they are than someone else. And, you know, when I think back to the, the earliest example I can imagine of that, it's the Pharisees versus you know, the, the disciples, the followers of Jesus. There was a time in the Old Testament where the priests and the Pharisees and all that, they had their place. They were They were trying to uphold the laws of Moses. And for those of you guys who may not be all that up on your Bible history right now, I'll just kind of give you a quick snapshot here. But when Moses led the people, the slaves, the people out of Egypt, and they went into the wilderness. You remember they went into the wilderness for 40 for forty years. What should have been like a 10 day trip between Egypt and their promised land ended up being 40 years for a lot of the same reason I'm talking about right now. We had a lot of little whiny cry babies. Here he brings them, delivers them from slavery, right? They come up to this big, huge sea, this Red Sea, where nothing but a sea on one side and literally the, the Egyptian army encroaching on the other side. And God parts the Red Sea so that they can get through to safety and then ends up drowning the, the people who are coming after them, the soldiers coming after them. They, they witness all of these incredible miracles in the, in the wilderness. God feeds them manna from the sky. He turns water, rocks into water. I mean, he provides all of these incredible miracles, but they're sitting back going, well, it wasn't steak. <laughs> you know, we, we're tired of this manna. We want steak. It's like as humans, we are always, we have a, a an innate sinful nature and it's our, it's like it's our um, natural default or something to complain, to whine, complain, to fault find, to judge well moses went uh, went up onto this mountaintop and there, y'all know the story there was this burning bush and there was all these things were happening but basically when he came down off that mountain he had a ta- he had two tablets and inscribed on them were the laws were god's laws we call them the 10 commandments and we still our country was founded on them here our our laws thou shalt not kill thou shalt not cover what your neighbor has thou shalt serve no other gods but me i mean we honor your father and your mother we could go through all the 10 commandments but he came down off of that hill and he had this this law right and this was the law of the land and his job was to make sure that People knew about it. They understood it, and they were to follow it. Well, tra- you know, fast forward. They eventually, forty years later, eventually they get into their promised land. But now we're talking about several generations after that. We've come into the Roman Empire. We come into um, the the land of the when when the Romans were really really at their in their heyday, and we we look at places like Jerusalem and places like Israel. And you know, we had a group of priests, basically a group of holy men called the Pharisees, and they kept adding more and more and more laws to God's already perfect 10 laws, 10 commandments. They keep adding and adding and adding and adding, and they were so judgmental. And so, I mean, they were like the the religious police, right? And so they would hold people accountable to these standards that are impossible for human beings to follow without the grace of God. Well, then generations later, along comes Jesus. And Jesus did not come to um, abolish the law. He, He came to fulfill it and he came to provide a way out for us. All right. So when when Jesus was walking the earth, he basically taught us there's no way as human beings that we can live up to the standards of God. There's no way that we can do that. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus, because we're incapable of reaching eternal, our eternal home without Him being the advocate, without Him being the the bridge between us and God. God is holy. We are sinful. And there is a Grand Canyon in between. All right. And I don't care how you want to spin it. I don't care. None of us none of us have arrived. None of us are righteous. None of us deserve anything but hell in God's eyes. And the only reason we're not going there is because we have a Savior. So now fast forward to our generation. When we're talking about current times right now. And we've got, literally, we've got little Pharisees running around in in, in everywhere. But certainly I'm talking today about it within our Republican Party, within our conservative party that want to point out all the faults of everybody else in, in an attempt to show how righteous they are and how unrighteous these people they're trying to point out are. And um, in that effort, yeah, there's so much I want to say. I'm just trying to be careful. I got all these thoughts rolling around in my head. But in this effort, what they're doing by by showing such a lack of self-control, by such a lack of the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It's kindness. It's gentleness. It's patience. It's humbleness. It's I mean, we can name all these fruits of the Spirit off, but it's bookended always by self-control. Well, the people who are spending all this information against people within our own party who are brave enough, courageous enough, trying to step up and fight this fight for us, the, the links that they are going to, to throw each other under the bus, it just makes me sick. It just really makes me sick. We have to take, oh, mm, I just get so frustrated. We got to step back and we've got to look at the bigger picture. I know that if I were to probably sit down and talk with these people, they would say, well, we're trying to save a rhino from going in there. Or we're trying to save, we're trying to put people in there that we know are going to uphold God's law. And here's the thing. It's about the heart, okay? The reason why we have a savior, the reason why we have forgiveness, the reason why we have a God who redeems us is because we need redeeming. We need we need someone to deliver us from the bad mistakes we've made in the past that would exclude us that would you know absolutely disqualify us from heaven otherwise. And not only do these people give the conservative party and the Republican Party a bad name, but they also give Christianity a bad name because they're doing this under the guise of of God's law under the guise of Christianity. And you know what? Nothing could be further, in my opinion, from from what Jesus taught us about how to love one another than what I'm seeing. Nothing could be further from that. God says, He's the judge, not us. He also says, take the the whole big plank out of your own eye before you start to talk about the, the splinter in your neighbor's eye. He says, love others as I've loved you, the the amount that you judge is the amount that you will be judged. I mean, there is scripture after scripture after scripture in the Bible. God says all have fallen short of the kingdom of God, all of us. So if you're one, who are you? I'm just going to talk to you out there. Who are you to go and judge someone else? Who made you Holy Ghost Junior, as Joyce Meyer likes to say? Who are you to do that? I don't judge. I do everything in my power not to judge other people because you know what? I know I've got my own hot mess of a life. If we are honest and we look at our own lives and we say, if we're, if we are really honest about that and we say, thank God, thank God I don't get what I deserve. I've made really bad choices. I've hurt people unintentionally. I've, I've, I've not done my best. I've gotten lazy at times, or, or maybe I've, I've made decisions that really cost people and really, really injured people. I mean, we all have done this. And so it just infuriates me for someone to stand there as if they have some kind of a righteous pedestal to judge other people. And that is not what Christianity is about. It's not. If you think it is, you're missing the boat and it's people like you that are really hurting the, the spreading of the gospel in our country. I believe that that what God says in the Bible to be true. I believe in the Ten Commandments, and I believe that the law should be upheld, and I believe that God has an ideal way that He wants us to live. I do believe that. And when we make choices and go against God's best for us, we pay those consequences. Sometimes other people pay those consequences alongside of us. Yes, absolutely. but. Judging, because only only God knows why people made those decisions. Only God knows the whole story of what motivated them or what what led them to make those choices. Uh, I used to give this uh, speech a lot when I was teaching my business women, and and it might sound funny to some of y'all, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it up. You know. I used to watch when I was growing up, my, my family, my mom, especially, she was big into watching soap operas. A lot of my generation, the moms in my generation were, and they were glued to them. And we had the, the ABC brand, you know, the, um, we had the, all my children, one life to live in general hospital. And I watched these, you know, kind of in the peripheral as I was growing up for a long time. And then as I start to get into my teenage years and my early adult years, I would find myself going and watching them because I knew, I like knew the storyline and there was this one character, for instance, Todd, and I don't remember his last name, but Todd, he was on All My Children, I think originally, and then he went to One Life to Live and I think he's even now on General Hospital. He's been, been there a long time, but I remember defending him one day when I had a girlfriend in the room who was watching the program with me because she was saying, you know, God, what a jerk. And he's he looks like a real jerk. And I was saying, Oh, well, you don't know what he's been through. You don't know that he was an orphan when he was growing up. It, you know, and I start trying to explain, yeah, his actions were bad, but if you knew the why behind them, if you knew the rest of the story, then maybe it would make more sense and maybe you'd have a little bit more empathy for him. You know, and and I know that's a stupid example to talk about the soaps but it's it's kind of it kind of proves my point that Jesus knows from the, t- from the day we took our first breath in this world, He knows everything that's happened to us. He knows everything we've been through, everything that we've encountered that's been a trial or a test or, or an injury in some way. He knows everything we've endured. And so He knows why we make the certain choices we do in the moment. And like I said, I'm not downplaying them. I'm not saying that sometimes they're not serious or sometimes they're not hurtful. They are. But he understands, he's the only one that can judge because he's the only one who understands our heart. Nobody else understands another person's heart. And God says, we will know them. He gives us a way to find a clue. He'll, he says, we know them by their fruit. Okay, so we look at the fruit that they produce in their life. And if you see somebody who's got patience and kindness and some humility, maybe they don't say everything right. Maybe they're not perfect, but 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 they have People around them that love them, they have uh, good relationships with most people they encounter. They're doing something of service in the world, they're doing something good in the world. You know, they're they're uh they have a um a reputation of integrity. Uh, They're not troublemakers, they're not fire starters. If you look at the fruit in their life, you can kind of get an idea. One thing that I always try and do always try and do is make my own judgments. Not, and again, not judgment, but make my own decisions regarding who I'm going to um, associate with and who maybe I shouldn't associate with. And I look at that fruit. But what I don't do is I don't take somebody else's opinion about them verbatim. You know, we all should be critical thinkers and we should all look at people and, and look at the fruit in their life, and look at the decisions that they make. Think about what our hearts are telling us when we're around them. Um, you know, we have to make decisions about people for ourselves. We can't let other people make those decisions for us. That's what, you know, that's what's gotten so many people in so much trouble in this country is believing believing instantly the worst. God even tells us in the Bible to believe the best. So until I see some, excuse me, until I see somebody do something that raises my eyebrow to the point where I go, oh, whoa, probably not good fruit there. Only until then, I'm going to continue to believe the best about a person, and I am very much spirit led, and I inc- encourage you to be too. When I what I mean by that is is the promptings and the guidings of the Holy Spirit inside of us. You know, we'll kind of get those little warning signs that if we'll listen for them, we'll get these little warning signs that say, "Oh, you better stay away from that person," or you know what, everybody, you know, that person's safe, or you better not go in here. It's you know, so, you just kind of get that little inkling inside of you, that little something inside of you that tells you oh, you better back up. Oh, you better hesitate. Well, it also guides us in the other direction. You know what? This is okay. This is safe. And so I would say be guided by the Holy Spirit. Go to the throne, not the phone. If you want to know something about somebody or you want to know something about a situation or you've got a decision to make, go to the throne because God is faithful. When we seek his wisdom, he is so faithful to give it to us. And to tell us what's safe for us to pursue and what's not. Where we get in trouble is we just try to figure it out on our own. We listen to somebody else. But I learned a long time ago, go to the throne. Just get in prayer. Say, God, can you give me the wisdom on this? What do you want me to do? What do you want? How do you want me to handle this? And if you'll sit there with him for a couple of minutes, the answer always comes. Always. So troublemakers out there of the world, I have no time for that. I have no time. We have a big, big problem to solve in our country, and that is trying to unite Americans, trying to bring us back together as Americans. And all of this divisiveness, all of this uh, you know, singling people out and throwing each other under the bus, and all of this negativity, it's got to stop. It's just got to stop. I'm calling you out. If you're doing it, I'm calling you out. You gotta stop. If there's something that, that needs to be revealed about someone, it'll be revealed. God will reveal it. The truth comes out. But you are not Holy Ghost Junior. You do not need to be running around trying to convince people of something. You can say, oh, well, I'm just warning, I'm warning. No, you're not warning. No, you're not warning people. You're you're, you're stirring the pot. You're you're troublemaking. And you gotta stop. You're not only giving the Republican conservative party a bad name, but you're giving Christianity a bad name. And I am calling you out because that is not what Jesus teaches. We have as Christians, we've got to step up y'all. We've got to step up. We've got to be transparent. We've got to be honest. We've got to come back to these fruits of the spirit, humility and gentleness and kindness and, and patience. Um, and self-control all of these things we got to get we got to get back in touch with that we can become assertive but aggressive there that is not that is not what Jesus teaches an aggressive person especially when they're out to hurt their reputation or hurt someone else that is not christianity on display it's just not i'm calling that spade the spade today Christianity is about forgiveness, and it's about redemption, and it's about the heart. It God, I'll tell you, I, I said this to my friend Karen this morning, but I sure am glad that Jesus didn't vet his, vet his disciples like like we are vetting our candidates within our own party. I'm glad Jesus didn't vet his disciples that way, because you know what? He had a tax collector. He had a, a someone who murdered Christians. Before their heart changed, there were all thieves and and I mean people. There were there were people within God's discipleship, Jesus's discipleship, His followers, that had done things that were atrocious before He redeemed them and their hearts were changed and they became the biggest followers and advocates. We, the reason we have a Christian church today is because those people understood redemption they understood forgiveness and they were so overwhelmed by receiving it that they taught other people how to receive it this is the message that's going to unite our country only jesus and his principles are going to unite us now when it comes to real enemies when it comes to real enemies the only thing they understand is a force greater than themselves I don't know that you can reason with everybody, but I'm talking about within our own country, within our American brothers and sisters. We have to have a reconciliation here. And within our own party, no matter who ends up going into that office, no matter who ends up getting elected, if someone's willing, and I'm going to tell you from firsthand experience, if somebody's willing to step up and run for public office, (laughs) we should be rallying behind them with all the support that we possibly can after we've consulted with God and gained our wisdom on whether or not that's a safe person to get behind but if we're spirit-led the very last thing we need to be doing is trying to discredit them kill their reputation hurt them when we don't have the facts when we're not in a position to judge and when the only one who does judge who, ha- who does have that authority to judge tells us not to I think there's discernment and I think you can choose who's who you associate with and all that but running around trying to hurt someone else I I, I, I can't stand that I can't stand that it's so ugly and it's got to stop but I can tell you from running for office you you when you put yourself out there you become the dartboard the pin cushion all of it you know you the 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 unimaginable abuse that you take i mean that in and of itself and people will say oh well you know we go into office to gain power all that okay at the state level it's really not about that at the congressional level yes there's going to be opportunities for people to succumb to temptation. And yes, we've got to make sure that people's character is good before they go in so they can avoid that temptation. But again, that's not, ultimately at the end of the day, it's not for us to judge. It's for us to make the best decision we can being guided by God's wisdom to get behind the best candidate that we can, but going around and trying to cut them off at the knees before they even get started. It's just ugly just is. So I think I've got it out of my system. (laughs) I beg you. I beg you. Stop it if you're doing that. And I beg you, if you're hearing it, I beg you to make your own decisions about people. Look for the fruit. Look for God's leading. Look for his prompting and make the best decisions you can about the candidates who are running or about Whatever it is in life, you know, I'm talking about specifically today about candidates running for office, but whatever it is in your life, be spirit led, go to God, get him to guide you and lead you to the right decision. But don't listen to other people, especially if they're trying to tear somebody else down in the name of God. (laughs) That's not how God operates. It's not his character. It's just not. All right. So I'm going to pray because I think I need it today more than anything (laughs) I hope this has helped y'all today too. Woo, fired up, fired up. Father God, I thank you so much for the fire and the passion that you do put inside of us when we need it to call things out. You you know, you, Jesus, you walked into the temples and you overturned the tables when you saw the Pharisees in there. You saw the injustices going on in there. Father, we know that a righteous anger in your name is okay. It not only is it okay, it's needed. You require it. We have got to remember, Lord, that you are the only one with the authority to judge. And you, Lord, are the only one that can give us discernment and wisdom. So Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today would have that divine, that spiritual wisdom and discernment to make their own choices. And, Lord, that you would guide them to the right choices and that, Lord, any of these people that are trying to that are trying to cause disruption or cause uh, dissension or cause division or hurt someone else. Lord, I pray that you convict their hearts right now and I pray, Lord, that you call them down and that you that you give them a change of heart and they could see how destructive that is especially within our own community within our own party father i thank you that you can be faithful that you are faithful that you can do this and i pray for you to do it right now a big dose of it lord i pray give us all a reality check a heart check where we need it lord we all have blind spots and i pray lord i know i know that you only you can can convict us in the right way. You know our hearts and only you can draw that truth up to the surface, Lord, and call it out. So I pray this in Jesus' precious name. And I ask you to bless our country, bless our leaders and those aspiring leaders, Lord. Guide them, keep them from temptation, Lord, and, and help them to be able to stand strong on your shoulders, Lord, and to make the best decisions for themselves and for our country. I pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. All right. I will. I will wish you a wonderful weekend and I will see you back here on Monday at three o'clock sharp. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.